and begin to magnify him. Come on, that's it all across the building. Lift up your hands and begin to magnify Jesus. There's nobody like you. There is none beside you. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you, God. We love you, God. I feel him in this house. How about you? I feel his presence in this building. How about you? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here this afternoon. As we're turning our Bibles to Mark chapter 5, verse 1, our Sunday school classes are dismissed at this moment. Hallelujah. We love our kids. Amen. I said we love our kids. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that often he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, for thou, ha uh, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. This again, a conversation that, that this man runs to worship Jesus. And, and as he gets there and he comes to worship Jesus, immediately the devil tries to have a conversation. I just want that to be noticed. And Jesus immediately says, What is your name? Speaking to the devil. And the devil says, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down into a steep place into the sea. And there were about 2,000. And they were choked in the sea, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was, what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. It isn't funny how many people are afraid of what God can do in your life. People get scared when God starts moving in your world. But, but the end result of a man or a woman that's allowed God to move in their life is much better than what it was before. Amen. The Bible says that he ran 
and worshiped him. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. You still have a will. You still have a will. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray all across the building. Come on, that's it, church. I already feel his presence moving in this house. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is in this building to touch and to deliver, to set free the captives, those that have been bound by fetters and chains. Hallelujah, those that have been bound up by the enemy. Hallelujah, we're believing that God's going to do a work here this afternoon. Oh, come on, somebody pray with me for just a few moments. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm praying, Lord, that you'd help me to articulate this here this afternoon in Jesus' name. Somebody give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him God bless you, and then you can be seated in the house of God. Amen. You still have a will. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. There was a creative God from the very foundations of the world. And this God began to form the earth, began to shape it. The Bible says that without or, or, or before God started moving, the Bible says the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. In other words, uh, somebody that doesn't have the Spirit of God moving in their life, that's exactly how it is. It's dark, it's empty, it's formless, it's shapeless, there's not a whole lot going on, amen. Without the presence of God moving in any individual life, there is nothingness, amen. There is pointlessness, there is no hope, there is nothing but darkness, amen. But my Bible says that God still moved on that and God spoke. And God began to make a change, and God began to create, and God began to bring form to what was once formless, and God began to bring light to what was once nothing but darkness, and God begins to shape and to mold, and, and he gets to the point where he creates the sea, and he creates dry land, and now there's, there's vegetation, and he sets the environment, as we preached about before around here, that, that before life can come to be, there's got to be an environment in which life can survive, and so... God creates the atmosphere and God creates the environment and immediately begins to pull out of the sea. There are fish and he pulls out of the air and fowl come forth and, and he pulls out of the dry land and, and he begins to pull forth cattle and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And, and God created animals. And then we know this as we study the Bible that, that somewhere before God created this, that that there was a host of angels that he had created. And the Bible says about these angels that they, they fly around his throne. The Bible says that some of these angels have six wings. They have uh, three, they have two that cover their eyes, two that cover their feet, and two that fly around the throne. And these angels, they have from the beginning of time itself, they have cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, 
you would think that this would be sufficient for God, that now he has animals that because he pulled them out of the earth, they are now creeping upon the earth. They are multiplying. They are filling the earth. They are filling the seas, and they are filling the sky, that this would be enough. And now he's, he's got angels that ultimately will worship him forever and ever and ever. You'd think that this would be all that God wanted, but God did not stop there. The Bible says that God created mankind. He created them male and female. I know that's a little crazy for our world, but let me just set it straight. God created male and female. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead and tell that to your college professor. Amen. Uh, and, 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 and so God created man, but the question has always been, why did God create man? Many have said there is no God and that God that man just is nothing more than a beast. It's nothing we are nothing more than an evolutionary uh, uh, end result of, of some single celled amoeba that that through the millennia has has multiplied and then uh, we became tadpoles and these tadpoles began, began to grow legs and we got up on land and that, that's how a lot of people would say this happened but we understand uh, amen that the world was framed by the word of God. We understand that this whole thing was created by the power of God. Unlike those that would say, well, maybe we are just here by happenstance. I want to help somebody here today. You're not here by accident. There is not one individual here that you, you just evolved. Now, 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 I know ladies, don't look at your husband. He might look like he evolved. But I want you to know there's not one person here that is here just because of happenstance or accident or, or just, just life found a way. No, I want to tell you, everybody's here because God created you. God formed you. God made you. And if God formed you, if God made you, that means God has a plan for you. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. So the question has been asked, well, if we were created, why were we created? Well, all you got to do is take a look at the animal kingdom. You'll understand something about the animal kingdom. Everything done in the animal kingdom is done by routine, and it's done by, 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 by habit. It's done by instinct. Everything is done so that they can survive, so that they can procreate. If you look back in Genesis, God said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. They are, they are doing nothing other than obeying the word of God. And, and if that means they got to run a little faster, amen, to escape that enemy, they will because they're trying to continue to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And so they drink water and they eat food and they escape from predators because they are doing what God told them to do all the way back at the beginning. God spoke the word, and since the beginning of time, animals have not ceased to, to obey the very word of God. You can look at angels, and you can say, well, that, that should be enough. God's now got something that obeys him, and now God's got something that will worship him. There are angels that, that every breath that is breathed, if you will, is speaking out holy, holy, holy. It's, it's continually giving God praise and giving God glory. And now he's got something that obeys him because he commanded them to. And now God has something that will worship him because that's what he created those angels to do. But it was not enough for God to have something that would obey him because he created it too. And it was not enough for God to have something that would worship him because that's what 
what they were created to do. When God created mankind, he created us in a unique way. We were not created to where we were forced to obey God. We were not created in a way in which we were forced to worship God. It is not in our nature. It is not in our very being that we just obey out of our nature or we just worship God out of our nature. God did not create us, amen, to do this because we were doing it by routine. We were doing it by habit. We were doing it by instinct. Amen. The Bible, we can look as we study even the animal kingdom. They glorified God because it's all they know. They were told to do it. Every flower that blooms, it's doing it in obedience to the word of God. Angels worship God based on what they know. They were told at the very beginning in their creation. It was spoken over them. They were all spoken into existence. But when God created you and I, he didn't just speak us into existence. He laid his hand on our lives, and God began to form man, amen, out of the dust of the earth. God was not looking just to speak us into existence because if God's word just spoke us into existence, all we would have to go on is what he told us to do. But it was also this ebb and flow of God speaking to us, and yet God also moving and helping us and forming us. And the Bible says, then God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul man is not like an animal we are a living soul man is not like an angel we are not immortal we are not amen the type that that we have we have breath in our bodies amen I don't want to get ahead of myself we have breath in our bodies we have a time limit here on earth we are not here forever we've not been here since the beginning of time amen and we are not just doing what we do out of routine and habit and instinct but God created us to be living souls that living soul is more than just being alive because animals are alive. That is more than just, just having a voice because angels have a voice. There is something God was creating when he breathed into man. That we can take this in this theological standpoint and say that God created us with a free will. We were created with freedom of choice. We could choose whether to obey God or not. The animals can't do that. We could choose whether or not we want to worship God. The angels can't do that. Amen. And can can I tell somebody uh, that everyone in this building, you've got a will that was given to you by God. Why don't you use that will for a moment to, to lift up your hands and just talk to him. Come on, let's do that for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, animals and angels, they worship on what they know. The end. The animals, they have been there. They were created by the, the, the word of God, and, and they, they have an understanding there. Amen. We just obey God. Angels, they have been there. They've seen God face to face. They've been in his presence. They worship God based on what they know. But can I tell you, here as humans, we've got free will. We've got free choice. And we worship God predominantly on what we do not know. Amen. I know there's a lot of people who only want to worship God on what they do know, but there's a whole lot more about God what you don't know, amen, than what you do know. 
Amen. And we serve God. Amen. We've not been given any particular reason. God did not show up here on earth with a thunderbolt and say, if you don't live for me, you're going to get this. If you don't serve me, you're going to get this. If that were the case, every person would be scared to death to not serve God. But God allowed us to be in a position. He did not reveal himself immediately. He did not show up immediately into every life and, and, and say, well, do you want to serve me? Omnipotent, all-powerful God all-knowing God. No, God has stayed back. He has formed you and he draws you and he speaks to you and God is giving you a choice. We see this in the garden that, these, that, that there was animals that did what God told them to do. There were angels that did what God told them to do. But here is Adam and Eve. They are in the garden and finally they have the opportunity to enact their will for the first time. Some have said, well, why would God put a tree in the garden that mankind was not allowed to eat? I'll tell you why. If God did not give you an opportunity to fail, you'd never have the chance to succeed. If God did not give you the choice to serve him, you'd be nothing more than an animal. You'd be nothing more than an angel. But God wanted people that would choose to worship him. God wanted people that it was, nobody forced my hands to go in the air. Nobody made me do it. It was my decision. So they have an opportunity, and we see what man does with that opportunity. Adam and Eve are now by that tree. And, and it's almost, if you will, it's just it's how the nature of man is. When, when there's a choice, they like to hang out with, with the choice, and they want to figure out what's going on. And so, so unfortunately, now they're talking with the devil, and they should be walking with God. Amen. Let me help somebody. That's when we always get in trouble. We should be walking with God in the cool of the day, and instead we're hanging out with the serpent. It's never a good opportunity to skip out on a prayer meeting and go off and do something else. Amen. If, if you can pray about something and pray about something and still feel good in your conscience to do it, then go ahead. But truth is, most people, they will skip out on the prayer meeting and they will go right to what they think is okay. It's an acting of will. And there they have made a decision. We're going to take the fruit God said, do not eat. And we are going to take this. And from that moment forward, it plunged mankind into what we know as the fallen man condition. It has plunged mankind into a battle, and there is, there is a fight. Whereas before, God said, you can eat of every good thing I've created for you, but there's one thing I didn't create for you. I just put that there so you would have a choice, so you would have a will. And man chose to do the opposite of the will of God. I want that to sink in for a moment. From the beginning of time, angels have worshipped. God and they have not ceased to do it night and day since the beginning of their creation animals have done exactly what God told them to do but when you talk about mankind we are the only creation we are the only creature that made a decision not to obey God we are the only creation that made a decision not to worship God I'll tell you what that was that was enacting your will now there's a battle Paul talked about in Romans 7. He said that the good I would do, I don't do. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I'm doing. 
He says, I find a law in my members, and it's warring against the law of my mind, and it's bringing me into captivity. Amen. What is he saying? There's a battle between my flesh, uh, amen, that, that carnal nature. Uh, and, it, and, and every time I want to do something right, there's something else that's pulling at me, and there's something else that's dragging me down. And every time I want to obey God, and every time I want to serve God, uh, there's something else in my nature, in my flesh, uh, in my humanity that is pulling me the other direction. Uh, amen. Can I tell you, that was not the... The case with Adam and Eve they were living in innocence uh, there was nothing tugging at them and pulling at them uh, and yet they still made the decision uh, to disobey God uh, how much more you and I are in the position now we've got something pulling on us uh, now we've got something tugging on us uh, now we've got something enticing us uh, and it's saying go this direction but you know uh, that's just not right God is calling me that direction and, and there's something that is pulling on every it's a fight folks uh, it's a battle anybody who told you uh, that you wouldn't have to fight once you got saved, they were lying to you. Uh, I want to tell you, you're going to fight this dirty old flesh uh, for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do I got anybody that's living in the real world here today? You're going to fight that thing called flesh and your human nature. You're going to have to wrestle it down. You're going to have to grab a hold of it and say you will obey God. You will serve God. You will worship God. It's going to be a battle. But, honey, it's worth fighting. It's worth winning. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. There's a battle of the flesh and the spirit. Spirit wants to do what God has called it to do. It's that breath that was breathed into us. There's something that wants to do the will of God. It wants to serve God. It wants to worship God. I tell you, it's in the very nature of man that wants to do those things. There's something that's pulling on him. Amen. But there's this other member, this flesh, that is pulling in the opposite direction. That's why people are going to ball games and shouting. And they want to come to church and be quiet. There's something that, that wants to worship something. It doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know why it's doing it. But, but there's something in the nature of man that's saying uh, it's that spirit. It's that, 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 that breath that was breathed in. And it wants to do, it's, it's, it's got worship in its nature, but, but it's got a choice of what to worship. Can I help somebody? There's something God put in you, but God never told you you have to worship me. There was something he said, I'm going to put breath in your body, and it's going to want to come out in worship. It's going to want to come out in prayer. That's why people do it at the rock concert. They'll do it at, come on, they'll do it at the sporting event. But when they come to church, all of a sudden, they become quieter than a Baptist church mouse. I've come to let you know you are using your will. It is your decision. I've just decided a long time ago, my worship, it belongs to God not a movie. It doesn't belong to a rock concert. It doesn't belong to a football player. It belongs to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. So we've got a will. That will, it, 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 it can go either way. That will can serve God, obey God, worship God, or that will can decide, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. We look at our text here today, we find a man. And this is the end result of a man that has got a misused or an unused will. The Bible says he could not be tamed by man. I've met a few people like that. The teacher couldn't tell him what to do. The parent couldn't tell him what to do. 
The, the, the police officer couldn't tell him what to do. Come on, we're living in the real world here today. There, there was nobody in their world that could tell them what to do. Amen. I'll tell you what that is. That's a misuse of your will when you will not allow yourself to be submitted to anything or anybody. It is a misuse of the will that God gave you. I know it's your choice. I know it's your will. But I want to help somebody. That end result doesn't happen well. If the parent can't tell you nothing, you're not going down the right path. If the teacher can't tell you nothing, you're not going down the right path. If the teach, if the doctor can't tell you nothing, no, I'm fine the way I am. I need to stay this way. They tell you, maybe you need to stop eating so many Twinkies, and you tell them, well, I can do what I want. It's not going to end well for you. If the police officer says, you know, really, I don't think you should be doing drugs, and I really don't think you should be robbing convenience stores, and you look back at them and say, I have a choice. I have a will. I can do what I want, you're going to end up in prison. Everybody knows this. Every parent's had to deal with this and try to get their kid to understand there's a greater principle in submission. It doesn't just happen. Amen. It's not just that little fight with little Timmy at home. You understand if you don't listen to me now, you're not going to listen to that person later. You won't listen to the boss. You're going to end up without a job. You won't listen to the police officer. Come on. We're living in a world that's lost their brain. I'll tell you why the world lost their brain. They have been misusing their will. They have been standing stiff-necked and firm against all the wrong things. They've been standing unsubmitted to everything else. Amen. But I've come to tell you, amen, there's got to be another way to use your will than to stand up and say, you're not going to tell me what to do. He didn't, got, he didn't get tamed by anybody. The Bible says they... They tried to put him in chains. They tried to lock him away. And they could not, he would not let the chains hold him down. He would break through the fetters and the chains. You know how strong you got to be to break through handcuffs? This is a bad dude. And then, see, people don't know where this leads. He ends up possessed by devils. A legion of devils. So now... He starts off his life. I don't know where it happened. Maybe it was mom told him to clean his room. He said, no. I don't know. Not, 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 nothing starts big. Can I help somebody? Nothing starts big. Well, you know, you, got, you talk to anybody. Well, I never wanted to be a meth addict. Yeah, of course you didn't. No kid woke up in the morning and said, man, I can't wait to be a meth addict one day. But they didn't obey mom. They didn't obey dad. And then they went to a party they weren't supposed to be at. And then things started getting passed around. And, and first it was just a little sip of alcohol. This, this is things they've been studying for a long time. And it's not something that just showed up, amen, in the last five years. They've already got it figured out. Men, are in, men and women are enticed. And, and then it produces something. And that, that enticement produces sin. And sin, when it's finished, as James would say, produces death. It, it started somewhere for this young man. I don't know where it was, but all of a sudden now he can't be, he won't listen to nobody. Nobody can tell him to sit down. Nobody can tell him to do this and do that. He is enacting his will. He is misusing his will. Amen. And now the Bible says he's possessed by a legion of devils. Not one devil, not two devils, an entire Legion. He's got an entire platoon of devils on the inside of him. And, and, and I'll tell you where a, a lack of submission always leads. It leads to the devil's open door. 
Because that's all the devil was. The Bible says that the, it talks about the mystery of iniquity, that, that pride, and, and it was found inside of Satan that he had said, I will be like the Most High. And, and somewhere he said, I'm going to do what I want to do. And that was not the will of God. Can I tell you, amen, that, that the very theme of the Satanic Bible, does anybody want to know what the Ten Commandments of the, of the Satanic Bible, the number one commandment, do what thou wilt blew somebody's mind right there. Do what you want. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. I've come to let you know. Don't, tell, don't let anybody tell you you can't choose your gender. Don't let anybody tell you what you can choose your, whether you can choose your orientation or not. Don't let anybody tell you whether you got to get up and go to work, whether you got to pay your bills, whether you got to do this, that, or the other. I've come to tell you that did not come from the Word of God. All right. Come on, somebody. I'm a preacher of this generation uh, that is absolutely losing their minds. Uh, they have opened up the door, and it's not of God, and it doesn't lead to God. Uh, a lack of submission always leads to possession. It always leads to being owned by somebody called the devil. Lift up your hands and let's pray for just a moment. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. You'd be shocked how many people have opened themselves up uh, to being owned. Uh, well, I'm not going to listen to nobody. Uh, I'll tell you, when you make it up in your mind, I'm not going to listen to anybody. Uh, you've already determined you're going to listen to him, uh, and that's not the will of God. Nobody could tell him anything, and now he's incarcerated. He gets possessed by devils. Nobody could tell him to do anything, and now he's possessed. He's, got, he's been owned. There's ownership. And then the Bible says he was in, he was living in the tombs. Think about this. This man one time probably lived in a nice home. He probably lived with his mom and dad. And now years later, he's living in a cemetery. I know some people say, well, I'd never live in a cemetery. But, but you'd, be, you'd be shocked the environment you've surrounded yourself with. The friends you've, in, you've surrounded yourself with. Yeah. All the people that are going nowhere and not helping you at all to live your life to its fullest. But you're living around people that every Saturday night's just another excuse to get drunk or to get high. It's an environment of death, honey. Amen. It is a tomb. You're not living, amen, life. You're living in a position of death. You're living like a dead man. You're already ready for the tomb. You live there already. And then it leads to, the Bible says, he was every night crying and cutting himself with stones. You watch the progression of somebody says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. In fact, there's a song that just came out. Can't nobody tell me nothing. It's talking about nobody's going to tell me what to do. That's the cry of this generation. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I've come to break through that here this afternoon. I've come to break. Come on, somebody help me out here this afternoon. I've come to break through that in Carson City. There's got to be somebody that submits their will to the will of God. Somebody that submits their life to the word of God and says, if nobody else can tell me anything, the word of God can. He cries and he cuts himself because that's where this always leads. It now leads to self-destruction because you live in the tomb long enough, you'll want to be in one of them. Misusing. Or not using the will, it leads to self-destruction. In other words, this man either used his will in all the wrong ways to say, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to be my own man, be my own woman. I'm going to do whatever I want. But it's not a wise option to say, 
I just won't use my will at all. I'll just let life come at me and do whatever it wants. Amen. Because ultimately that leads down a path you don't want to go. And so this man is now in a position. He's possessed. He's got shackles and chains on him. He's living in the tombs. He's crying and cutting himself. I know this seems really extreme for some folks that have never even, amen, gone to a bar. But can I help you? That's what the world will really do to somebody. That's what sin will really do to somebody. It'll leave you all locked up. You can't lift your hands when you come to church. You can't lift your voice because there's something that is there that is stopping you. Amen. You'll be possessed by things. You'll be owned by your car, by your house, by your job. There'll be things that are more important to you than family, than relationships, than God. That's just the way the world is. And then you'll find yourself in a dead position and all you want to do is get out of life. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm almost done preaching. When you misuse your will or you don't use your will, I've come to let you know somebody else will use it for you. Something else will use it for you. You've got to enact that will for the right things. You've got to enact that will for the right things. Somebody pray. This man is crying and cutting himself. He's possessed by thousands of devils. There's some people that live their life and say, well, the devil made me do it. Famous phrase many years ago, the devil made me do it. The devil did not make you cheat on your wife. That was your decision. The devil did not make you quit your job and cuss out the boss. That was your decision. Come on, I know there's, people want to blame everybody but themselves. I don't know what it is about this generation that we're living in. It's mom's fault, it's dad's fault, it's the boss's fault, it's the teacher's fault, it's the, it's the professor's fault. I want to tell you, it's no, if you're in a bad position, it's not God's fault. He always leads you into good things. He always wants to bless you. He always wants to heal you. This man, I want you to just take, take a moment. We're going somewhere with this. This is going to end a lot more positive than maybe it sounds right now. This man is crying and cutting himself. His life is over. He's done. He just wants to escape this world. But for some reason, amen, and anybody that, that's ever suffered through depression and suicide, I have. Amen. I remember putting a knife to my wrist. The devil wanted me dead and out of the way. But can I tell you why the devil wants to get some people out of the way? Why depression and suicidal thoughts come into people's mind? Because God knows what plans he has for you and often the devil does too can I tell you you're a child of God amen you're meant to have a life and life more abundantly but here he is at his worst position and he sees Jesus coming is anybody thankful for the day, no matter how bad your life was? You saw Jesus. He might have been a long ways from where you were. He might have been way out there from where you were. But is anybody grateful for the day that you saw Jesus? Now, I want to help here today. I don't think anybody in this building, at least I hope that no one in this building is possessed of the devil. But I wanted to use this as an example and as a launching pad of somebody who is in the very worst position that he could be in. He has lost everything. Amen. He has absolutely lost. Amen. His friends, his family. He's living in the tombs. He's crying and cutting himself. He's got no joy. He's got no peace. He's got no happiness. 
this is the worst condition of man. He's possessed by thousands and thousands of devils. And yet the Bible says he looked out from where he was in the mountains, crying and cutting himself. And the Bible says he saw Jesus afar off. He sees Jesus. He's got chains dangling from his hands and from his feet from where people tried to tie him down, where people tried to get him to do what they wanted him to do. And he's got, he's got these devils that are roaring. He's got schizophrenia and he's got bipolar disorder. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things in this world. He's, he's, he's not, maybe he doesn't know what gender he is right now. And he's confused. And he's depressed and he's suicidal and he's trying to get out of this world. But yet he sees Jesus. Can I preach to somebody? There's people that are looking right now. They're depressed. They're suicidal idol and they're looking and there's a beacon of light called apostolic revival center and they're looking our direction can i preach to the church be the church there are people that are hurting and broken but they're looking they might be messed up they might be depressed they might have issues but at least they're looking our direction oh somebody pray come on somebody pray Come on, lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray all across the building. Let's stand all across the building. I want you to see how intense this is. This man is messed up. But he's looking for Jesus. I want to tell you, we're not the kind of church that looks down our nose at anybody. Because such were some of us. Come on, I think that, that we can do a little bit better than that. I don't care if they're struggling with homosexuality, lesbianism, depression, suicide. Come on, we can do better than that. If they're looking this direction. Come on, God's got a whole church out there. They don't know what they're doing right now, but they're looking this direction. And we say, welcome, come. This is not the kind of church that will look down his nose at anybody. We've had people come in my home church. We had the we had the drag queen of Seattle come in our church one time. Brother Bart, he didn't go by Bart, let me just tell you. Yeah, this is a real story. Dying of AIDS. And he walked into church and he said, I want to get right. I want to, hey, I don't care what they're struggling with, you can always come to church. We've had alcoholics, drug addicts. We had people. We had a guy come in one time that 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 was. He watched videos of murder, and he just a really messed up kid. He was an ICP clown, insane clown posse follower, and he had crazy mohawk, and he was absolutely tatted up, and and and, and rings everywhere. But he walked into church because he was looking for something else. Can I tell you, they're looking, and God's reaching for them. But this man, I hope you understand. I don't think anybody's in this position here tonight. This is the worst position a man or a woman could be in. Possessed, depressed, suicidal, living in tombs, shackles on his feet, his hands. But he sees Jesus. And the Bible says he ran. He ran to where Jesus was. He fell down at his feet. I want you to understand this position this man's in. Depressed, suicidal, cut himself living in tombs, shackles that are broken on his hands and feet, possessed with devils. 
And he falls down at the feet of Jesus and begins to worship him. Can I tell you here today, you still have a will. You still have a will. And it does not matter what's going on around you or what's going on in you. There could be a legion of devils on the inside, and the devils could not make the man stand still. He still said, I will worship God. Can I preach to somebody here this afternoon? It does not matter if all the hell is coming against you. If you make it up in your mind, I will serve God. No devil in hell, no thousands of devils in hell can stop the will of man. I will be saved. There is no sin. There is no sickness. There is no devil. I will serve the Lord church when you enact your will you overcome the will of the devil that's something the devil doesn't understand the will of man is stronger than the will of the devil and when that will of man says I'm going to connect with the will of God it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance God will move every devil out of the way he will shut devils up he will stop sickness if you say I want to be saved God will do whatever Joshua would put it this way as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, uh, preacher, I'm going through a lot right now. My family's going through a lot. I don't know if we can. You've got to make it up in your mind. We will. A will isn't about what you feel. A will isn't about what you see going on around you. A will says no matter what, I will. It's a decision. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were told, you bow. The enemy said, you bow to this statue. You know what they said? We will not bow. I don't care if your college campus tells you, you got to think this way, you got to act this way, you got to live this way. Doesn't matter if your job or your boss says, you got to do something contrary to the word of God. You stand firm and say, we will not bow. David put it this way, I will bless the Lord at all times, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He said, we will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. David said, I will trust in the Lord. David said, I will sing praises. I don't think there's anybody possessed of the devil here today. But I've come to tell every person in this building, you still have a will. Come on. You still have a choice in the matter. You still have a decision-making power in this building to say, I don't know what everybody else is going to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I can't tell you what's going to happen in life, but I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't know where everybody else would go, but I will dwell in the house of God all the days of my life.
Lift up your hands. Let's pray. I'm done preaching. The devil cannot overcome your will. The devil cannot fight your will. That will that says, I will, I will serve God. I will go to church. I will live for God. My family will be used of God. My family will be blessed of God. Come on, let's pray. Come on, somebody needs to make it up in their mind. Not, not what you're going through, not what you feel right now, not what you've been facing, but can you make a declaration? I will serve the Lord. I will live for God. I will go to his house. I will praise him at all times. I want to open up this altar this moment. Would you step out of your seat? You know, when you step out of your seat and come to this front, you know what you're doing? I will. The devil's trying to hold that man back, but he said, no, I will get to Jesus. One foot after another, the devils couldn't fight him. The devils couldn't stop him. And when he got to Jesus, he said, I will worship God. Come on, enact your will for God here today. Enact your will to serve God here today. Make it up in your mind. I'm going to live for God. I will be full of the Holy Ghost. I will be baptized in his name. I will have my sins washed away. Come on, that's it. There's something powerful. The devil cannot stop somebody that has enacted their will. I will serve God. I will have a prayer life. I will have a worship life. No devil can stop you. Nothing in your past can stop you. When you say, I will. Somebody pray right now. I will pray. I will talk to God. I will get my answer from God. Enact your will. No devil can stop you. Your past cannot stop you. Your shame cannot stop you. I will live for God.
across this building, I think it'd be a good opportunity for us to lift up our hands and just begin to talk with Jesus. All God wants is you to enact your will to serve him. If all you do is say, I will, in this moment right now, I will talk to God. That's all that matters. The devil can't interfere there. Your past can't interfere there. Your failures can't interfere there. You're just saying, I will. I will. I will. I will serve God. I will worship God. I will bless the Lord. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voice. Enact your will. Enact your will. The devil can't fight your will to worship. Your flesh cannot fight your will to worship. You just make it up in your mind. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. It's not emotions. It's a decision. I will. 